Okay, mate. Well, Gav, you ready? ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Do it. I don't like being ordered around like this. Three, two, one. Do it. <laughs> Three, two, one. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. I'm Steve. And just like National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon, we haven't been nominated for nine Academy Awards. <laughs> or, but I mean, you know, it, it's true. It's true. It is true. I'm defending. I can't deny that. <laughs> we haven't been uh, uh, even nominated for one award. Not even like no. We tried to nominate <laughs> ourselves, right? And <laughs> we didn't even work. But I, I tried to nominate us for those porn Academy Awards that Brucey was talking about. <laughs> no takers. No takers. It's funny as well because there's about ten of us who were involved with the podcast in some way or other, and we still didn't have enough votes. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, lo- I thought I looked at it. I thought that would have definitely got us a group sex scene at the lobbies or whatever it's called. Anyway, Start live streaming. <laughs> Seriously, if you've never heard the show before, then hold on to your weapons because we're about to, I don't know, fire them off. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Is this another film without a tagline? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a quiz, a caption contest, xylophones, impressions, and a lot of banter. So do stick around. So this week's film on trial, as I mentioned before, is National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. Any squelch? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it fully loaded or is it firing blanks? That's what we're going to find out. So just to say, this will be a very spoiler episode. So if, sorry, that was spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, it has been out since about what, 1995 or something like that. I don't know. It's your own fault, to be honest. Um, But what you can do is you can listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's available on Amazon Prime or I have it on DVD if you want to borrow it. Um, Or you can just trust (laughs) our judgment. I don't mind. We send Freddos all over the world, to be honest. So I don't mind. Uh, just as long just as you send your address over. Yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week, brought to us by Captain Dave, which we will highlight in the comments section below. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> uh, now, Dave, you judged that trial and you deemed that it should be placed on the shit list. Mm-hmm. Now, you've since gone away and watched it. What a fun weekend. Did you make the right call? Absolutely, I did. 100%. That is exactly the right call. It was just, it was dire. There wasn't much to save it, to be honest with you. It was just, they made the film on the back of a successful phenomenon. I think we were right when we were talking about phenomenon as it's successful, but for the life of you, you don't know why. And there is no reason why this has been so popular, why it's been so successful, but it was, but it's not good. And from what Alex was saying, the book's not good either. Thank no, you, Austin. It gets better after the third episode. Episode? Or oh, film. Installment. When that third one's finished. That's it, it's it'll, all great. Yeah. 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 Isn't that the climax? It's really better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but afterwards, she did release the Fifty Shades, but from the perspective of Christian Grey, didn't she? Oh, God, oh, did yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a real thing? It was yeah. a real thing, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Yeah, it didn't go down well for some reason. I mean, it's like I people can't... don't want to read about an obed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Open the paper, Gav. Lots of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go into the book of the show, I think it's time for Alex's Film Feels. Freeze. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't that was really good. I mean, I yeah, you, you're getting a bit more surprising on these ones. Yeah, I like it. Uh, right, well, best spoof film you've ever seen. Nice and easy. Uh, probably Airplane. Yes. I think I mean, it's got to be Airplane. I mean, that, that's probably one of the first spoof films you saw in that kind of in that kind of vein, just kind of zany, unpredictable, doesn't make any sense, but just, just good set fun. Set the bar really yeah, high. Yeah, and I think it, was one of the, it might have been one of the earliest ones as well, I think. I've not seen that mm. in such a long time. I reckon I saw it. I don't know. I saw it pretty late on. I reckon I was maybe 17 or 18 and was introduced to it and thought it was absolutely hilarious. I don't know. Wonder if I'd still think it was hilarious now, though. I, I've seen not, some clips. Not and as I funny, don't but it's still pretty. It's still pretty. I think funny. it holds up well. Uh, yeah, I do. I think it holds up yeah. well because it's mainly like slapstick and puns yes. and stuff. There's no like yeah. political mm. stuff or anything. I think so. you find yeah. it a bit stupid of you. I think when you first watch it, you're like, oh, "That's so clever." Whereas you're a bit more like, "All oh, right, yeah." Well, yeah. Actually, seeing shit hit the fan isn't as funny <laughs> as you found it when you were 15. I beg but to it's still, it's still pretty funny. Back to disagree. It was hilarious. Yeah, I think it's one of those films as well that it's just testament to how good it is that you can watch it like what 40 50 years later or whatever and it there are bits in it that you still find funny yeah, you know, that, that's, yeah. It, it, that's so hard to do even you know like you look at films that were 10 years old and we, we're you know we've recently um, reviewed like american pie and there's some jokes mm-hmm. in that which are just so unfunny yes. but for airplane to do it and it'd still be funny all these years later that's it's testament to the film yeah and um, so just uh, tacking on from that and um, what my, well, my favorite one is another kind of similarly quite old spoof film Young Frankenstein yes That's about 1974 I reckon. Mel, Bro- Mel Brooks yeah. is that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean that for me was just perfect because you, you know I love horror films and it was just a perfect spoof on you know a horror film but you know, the, you know, know. Frankenstein and it's just so well it's just done so well Gene yeah, Wilder I mean Gene Wilder is just insane <laughs> he, in he just walks a very fine line from being like straight laced completely like serious to just manically over the top yeah. <laughs> and he does it so well it, it, it's a truly tremendous performance I, I would I would go on a little bit from what Dave was saying as well because uh, I mean I think my favourite thing in Airplane is Lloyd Bridges and my favourite thing in my favourite spoof is Lloyd Bridges in Hot Shots nice. which is right, just right. he's just amazing in that I mean all of it's pretty funny but do you remember the funeral sequence in Hot Shots it's just, I wouldn't even want to say it because it just doesn't do it justice. But it's like every time Lloyd Bridges is in that film, it's just hilarious. So, just yeah. like, just great timing, do you think? Oh, yeah. And just like a great script, great lines. And just they knew who they were writing the lines for, I think, when they, you know, yeah, yeah. they had him in mind. So, yeah, perfect. I don't know what comes to life. My mind's a little bit different. I was thinking like Austin Powers. It's kind of a parody, maybe not uh, yeah. a spoof film, but a parody of the James Bond. I guess you know, yeah, film. It definitely parodies it. Yeah. yeah, so I just think the the original, like the first one, I thought, you know, that really captured a moment. I thought that was quite funny and it felt really original. It gets more and more tired as they went on, but yeah. I guess it definitely was a spoof film, but I think Austin Powers sort of took over. It had like, it was so good in a way, it actually became its own thing rather than, yeah. rather than a spoof, yeah, yeah. you know. It's almost yeah. like people started then spoofing Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> became such a thing. Would you would Monty Python stuff be would that be classed as spoof? Like mm. I don't know. I mean, that could a bit come up there in Some mind. Some of it's spoof in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's more, yeah, maybe just more satire than spoof. Yeah, yeah. It's got the same slapstick vibe to it as like airplane or whatever. You know, the same puns. Yeah, and, mm. yeah. I don't know. Oh, well. it had more of a. I think there was more of a underlying like message for some of them though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say um, Naked Gun. Leslie yes. Nielsen. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He's possibly one of the best comedic actors of yeah. all time. Mm-hmm. I'd say Born when you to think, spoof, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you say Dead spoof, hand. you just think Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. 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 
remember that I, bit in the first one when they come out of a cinema? They're just laughing together on the first date and it says platoon. Just pissing themselves this laughing. Also, the, the, the culmination of that, that bit is when they go to bed together and he says, I practice safe sex. And then yeah. they're just in massive condoms. So it's like just covering each other. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> talking about giant condoms, thank you very much, Alex, for your film feels. Oh, come on. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Tying in with loads of weapons. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, yeah, right. That's what I'm trying to do. So on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. I'm going to know how well this is going to go. I say that every week like it's a surprise. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Well, do, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I thought you were doing OMD for a minute there. I was like, what? I thought you were doing an OMD song. <laughs> and I thought like, oh, what the fuck can I do here? I was going to do Weapon of Choice and I was like, I can't even remember how that goes. So I'll just do, do a dance break and hopefully somebody will get it. Um, so this week's film has been picked out of the hat at random. It, ha- it has been recommended by frequent listener Sean Bateman. So hopefully we do it justice. Uh, all of the roles have also been picked out of the hat at random. So in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on their hit list will be Captain Dave. Now, Dave is a little bit like William Shatner. He looks like he's just given up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be myself and Austin. I'm a little bit like Simon L. Jackson, tall, thin, and could have peasibly <laughs> I could have feasibly played both a crack addict and a man with brittle bone disease. <laughs> and Austin is just like Amelia Estevez, short and unmemorable. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, we will be making the best case for our roles these may or may not be our real opinions though so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts which means this week alex has the most important role mm. as he will be playing the judge now alex is also a little bit like william shatner oh christ bald <laughs> short short and sweet I can, I can always see when you start looking at me with a big grin on your face <laughs> i can see it's probably going to be a bald one <laughs> it's like not every week though yeah, pretty much. now <laughs> alex must decide which film uh, which list the film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion now before we get started i think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about so let us spin the wheel of impressions Now here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters of the film this week. Um, it's landed on Joel, so I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna give it to Steve. Steve. Uh, no. So Steve, you've got to read the synopsis in the style of who should we get him to read it in the style of? Um, I mean, there is I, I always Shatner. I think Shatner. Shatner. Yeah, yeah, Shatner. Shatner. It's got to be the bottom one, Steve, in this parody with his awful accent of this. <clears throat> He's got bad accents in this one, hasn't he? Um, he no, never it, has a bad accent. <laughs> just his normal voice, but Shatner's voice is quite distinctive. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah something that I'm probably not going to be able to do. Have you seen him in Star Trek? I know, but I'm very bad at it. <laughs> you can do it, Steve. <laughs> I was going to do Christopher Walken. <laughs> Everyone does. That's what, that's what all of our accents end up sounding like. Him hey, or John Travolta. <laughs> Come on, you can do it, Steve. Come on. <laughs> Wait, hold on. In this parody of buddy cop comedies. 
General Curtis Curtis Mortis and Mr. Jigsaw. They sing wilderness girls cookies. Someone who can't speak English is quite camp. It's up to Sergeant Jack Colt and Wes Luger. You don't William Shatner. It's not even American. Oh god! All right, I'm just gonna. It's up to Sergeant Jack Colt and Wes Luger, as well as Billy York, informant backer. Wait. As well as Billy York. Hey, it's in the long one. Don't tell us the whole story. Just give me the phone back. Just, you've embarrassed yourself. Comedies. Comedies. Hello. This is also why I'm not speaking for the rest of the podcast. Sorry, sorry Steve. Hello. My name is William Shatner. My name is William Shatner after I left Star Trek. Right. Okay. So without further you hesitation, you cut off, but you didn't. You gave quite us a good brain, Bobby. Comedies. Without further hesitation, Alex, would you please like to kick off proceedings? Uh, I mean, it's hard. Going to be hard to top that. But we'll, we'll, we'll deal. With I'm it. sure you'll manage. All right. So um, it's it's been a while since I've watched this. I would like to know a little bit about. You know, this is a spoof film. Is it just spoofing one film? Is it spoofing lots of different ones? What, what you know is the plot. Is the plot just following a just lethal weapon? Basically, I'm going to think. I'm going to start with defense i would mm-hmm. like so dave you know i'm not saying plot's got to be centrally important to a spoof film there's got to be something keeping on so you know where does this film land uh it is by and large spoofing uh lethal weapon but really more the premise of lethal weapon than it is the actual thing you know insofar as you've got two detectives one of them uh, a burnout the other one a straight laced family man that are brought together to solve a murder not the murder of someone's like former army buddy's daughter or anything like that it's a former a police partner and it just so happens the main culprit or main suspect is the former army boss of the other detective so yeah in a way there is that lethal weapon uh, link but that's where the pretty much the the, uh, the parody stops i mean there's, there's they take the piss out of lethal weapon 2 as well i think the bit with uh, mel gibson and pat's kenzie in lethal weapon 2 is pretty much lampooned with emilio estevez in his uh, in his trailer so they make fun of the whole lethal weapon series to be honest with you but there are little references to other films in there as well and plenty of other jokes and the plot does deviate it doesn't it's not like um, a straight laced parody of the lethal weapon films it it takes the the semblance of a plot and then it just moves on its own direction. It does its own story. It does its own thing. Parody and other films along the way as well. Is it just straight up gag after gag after gag? Or is it kind of got a bit more to it than that? Um, well, there is, a, there is a plot that you can follow. So there is a lot more going on with the script there. But for the mo- most part, it is pretty quick fire. Um, most spoof films kind of need to be quick fire. Because, you know, they, they are spoof films. They are daft. They are silly. What one person finds funny, someone else just might think that's stupid. So they've got to be quick fire. And this is, you know, you get a gag, either be it a visual gag going on in the background, be it um, a, a gag in the dialogue, be it a recurring gag throughout the film. There's many different kinds of humor that this spoof goes for. And they're not for everybody. So there's, what, like I say, what one man might find funny, someone else might not. But because they're so quick fire, because they keep coming at you so repeatedly, it's all right. You know, even if you've stumbled over a duff joke, there'll be another good one in the next five seconds. Okay, so I, like from what Dave's saying, there's like a good balance of gag to plot being moved on. Prosecution, would anyone want to weigh in on that one? I, I, 
Dave said that it doesn't really make fun of Lethal Weapon films, just more the concept. I think it does. I think, for me, the plot is very, very basic, um, as, as Steve attempted to describe before. <laughs> if anyone knows what the film's about after I read that. Good, good on them. Well done. Well done. Uh, so uh, Samuel Jackson's partner is killed. He has to find out who murdered her and why. And along the way, they unravel a plot to smuggle cocaine into Girl Scout cookies. And it's, you know, the, as Dave said, the partner of Jackson and, and Estevez as, you know, Danny Glover and, and Mel Gibson. And but the thing thing for me is that it's a very pace, basic plot, it, but it's also very jumbled. Like plot points for me are like shoehorned in to make way for jokes. Um, so for example, right at the beginning, the detectives know to contact William Shatner's uh, General Mortar's character because they go to go and see a Hannibal Lecter type figure who apparently is obsessed with cakes, and it just feels like really shoehorned in, like they couldn't have found that information out themselves and they don't do anything with that information by the way they kind of they go to see the Hannibal Lecter figure who you know there's, there's the whole Silence of the Lambs joke and then the next scene it's sort of completely forgotten well, do, I mean in spoof films you can let them give them a bit of latitude can't you because you know they're really you yeah, know what I mean it happens a lot it, it's like a lot of scenes are just kind of like oh and here's that scene from Basic Instinct remember oh and here's that scene on right, the toilet okay. from Lethal Weapon 2 oh and here's that scene and, from and does that kind of break the momentum it, it, it does because it, it, for me it's like constantly reminding reminding us of other comedies or other other films um and it, it just feels it's a bit exhausting you know dave was saying about the gag after gag for me it's like you know rapid fire it's like somebody telling you a million jokes and like oh don't worry if one of them doesn't land you know one of them eventually will um like there's this there's, there's a bit like i've got written down here somewhere so this this is a succession of jokes throughout this there's hardly any pause sometimes there's one scene in particular that I've got written down here where there's seven jokes back to back, right, in the space of less than a minute. Like Samuel L. Jackson walks in, um, he sees a detective, he's like, what's going on here? And the detective's like, oh, um, oh, he talks about a medical ailment instead of actually what the, what's going on in the crime scene. And then the... the <laughs> the detective turns around to Samuel L. Jackson and he's like, oh, um, so, so what, what do you make of it then? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It's not, it's not very, it's not a solid lead. And he picks up, he's got like his hands full of slime. And then he's like, what's your theory? Um, he's like, oh, I don't know. E equals MC squared. You know, it's like back to back to back. It's like, oh, okay. You know, but is it funny? I mean, it, it, no, it's it, for me. It's more like tiring. To be Dave, honest, is it funny? I, I think some of them are. I, I'm, I'm so smart at myself thinking about it. Some of it is, some of it isn't. You know, one of it's like, what have you got? I don't know. Sarge Dryer, she's scalp. <laughs> and yeah. it's, that, that was quite funny. And then the e, e equals MC squared. No, that gag fell flat. But the thing is, because like Gav says, the jokes are so quick. You know, someone out there may have found the e equals MC squared joke funny. I didn't personally, but because it's so quick, there's something for everyone within the space of a few minutes, within the space of a few lines. It's like throwing just a load of shit on the wall and hoping some of it will stick. But this know? is a comedy, and it's a spoof comedy of that. It's got to be daft. You know, the plot, okay, there is one, but it doesn't need to make sense. You don't even care if the plot's resolved. It's more like a sketch show. It's like they put a sketch show into into film and just centred it around this plot, and it works. You're there to laugh. It's a daft comedy film, and that's what they deliver. Austin, do you uh, agree with that? Well, no, no. It, it, I, I don't disagree with the words Dave is saying <laughs> just the order <laughs> I, might, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might say them with a different emphasis you know <laughs> <laughs> but like no quite, quite it is gag after gag after gag and it is it is tiring actually uh, how long is this film it's only about 120 yeah, yeah, it's only 120 short. is short it feels okay. a lot longer though <laughs> it, it really is ti it is tiring like at first and, and I think when you when it starts you it, I think the better jokes are at the start and you're willing you know yeah you're willing it to be good because you know who doesn't want to watch a good film 
but it very quickly it, it's just it is just so relentless and because there are it isn't good gag after good gag after good gag it's just um you quickly fall flat and you go oh that was shit Oh, but as more, as with more. good jokes, though, you remember the good jokes. You forget about the bad ones. And there are bad jokes in this. There's stuff that people won't find funny. And I bet you there's stuff that I found funny that you won't if you go to watch it, Alex. Well, But there's plenty in there for everybody. So, like, I was going to go into gags later, but we seem to be talking about it now. But I t- it's one more thing about plots just before we go, go on. into gags. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned about, like, plot points essentially are wedged in to make way for jokes. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you know, them kind of getting onto the fact that William Shatner is the bad guy uh, is, is, is because, you know, they get, they have a Santa lambs joke that happens like so many times where it's like, Oh, in, instead of like just giving us the plot points, we'll, we'll kind of put it in somewhere because of a joke. Yeah. It was literally, hmm. it felt as though some of the plot points were made in order to get another yeah. parody scene. In. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, and okay. a lot of the, a lot of it as well is the plot points are just dropped and then picked up again. Like, so it, the film starts off with Whoopi Goldberg, who's Samuel L. Jackson's partner, um, you know, very good cameo, but she's killed off like right at the very beginning. And the thing is, is that she has a bit of microfilm, which has a recipe for turning cocaine into cookies. And Tim Curry, uh, who plays... Oh, hello. I know, Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tim Curry. We'll get Whoa. on the cast soon. Whoa. We'll get on the cast soon. <laughs> Podcast favourite, Tim Curry, uh, yeah, plays yeah. Uh, William Shatner's henchman. And Whoa! He... <laughs> I didn't know it was in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, he, he murders uh, Whoopi Goldberg, um, and she hides this bit of microfilm because Shatner wants it back. And that is like an integral part of the film for the first 15 to 20 minutes. And then it's just not talked about again. It's like, it's just everybody but, forgets about but it. But that's the joke. That's the joke. It's basically, she hides the microfilm behind a picture of her and Samuel Jackson thinking, you know, if anything happens to me, he'll come here and he'll know to look behind the picture. You know, he knows me. He'll know to look behind the picture. And sure enough, after her murder, Samuel Jackson's in the house. He picks up the picture, turns it around. The people viewing can see the microfilm <laughs> stuck on the back of the picture. He just smiles and puts the picture back. And that's, and that's the joke. And, and that's the last you see of it. And that's that the last you see of it. He forgets about this crucial piece of evidence that could have solved a lot of his problems and saved him a lot of time. And that's the funny bit. I would agree with Dave if that was the last of it, but it's not. It's referenced several more times by William Shatner's character when he's like, we need to get that microfilm back. We need to get it back. And then, like, and then it, it just isn't mentioned there at all. So there's a there's a bit where there's um there's a a trade off where you know William Shatner's character is buying like some drugs or information and you know and there's a bit where they mention the microfilm and he's like we need to get that back and then it's just not mentioned until right at the very end somebody says something about microfilm in just like a throwaway comment but not even like a gag like oh did we ever get that microfilm it's just sort of like oh well hang on you can't like pick and choose when you want to when you right. want to use this mm. almost just like it's not been done well rather yeah. than it's been on purpose and it's kind of amusing that the idea that the microfilm is still there on the back of the picture. To this very day, at this exact moment in time, that microfilm is still on the back of that picture. That extra's house. I think in terms of the plot, that, that is something where they've, they've just progressed the film throughout and gone, oh yeah, but oh, we forgot about that microfilm. We can put it in as at the end as a joke. We'll mention it, then it'll look as though we meant to just forget yes, all about okay. it because we're a spoof mm. film, we can do what we want. Um, and that's kind of how that comes across. I, I disagree. I really don't think they forgot about it. The fact that he turns the, the back of the picture frame to the camera, I think that was a deliberate, a deliberate. Oh, oh, sorry, I, I know that is that yeah. deliberate. But I mean, then that it not being mentioned right the way through. We we fil- we finished the film, and then it gets mentioned and at the very end. Just it's kind of like a bit of a, uh, a, a sloppy tie up. Yeah, like a throwback joke. You know, when when you go to see a comedian and they 
set you up with a joke within the first five minutes and then at the very end you Call get the punchline yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, but, but not done very well <laughs> see they made the joke about it actually because right at the very end there's this big st- standoff where you know William Shatner has got the um, Kathy Ireland's character and he who plays the love interest um, um, and he's got, got a gunpoint and then Samuel Jackson's character comes in and Emilio Estevez there's all like this big like Mexican standoff and all the while um, Emilio Estevez's dog and their comedy sidekick, who's like the sort of the Joe Pesci character played by John Lovitz, they're being held hostage. And they, uh, they're like, oh, you know, you need to rescue us, you need to rescue us. And then the whole sort of final battle happens and everyone, you know, like William Shatner's killed and they walk away into the sunset and then they get into the car and it's like, shit, did we forget something? And like, you know, like all the unresolved plot points and then in the back of the car, you know, Kathy Ireland and the dog and John oh, Lovett. Right. So they do, stuff. you know, it's, yeah. it's, they do make a joke of it yeah. themselves. But, they, yeah, they, they, they make the a joke that points. like they haven't bothered resolving the plot points. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's a spoof yeah. film. It's yeah, that, yeah. you know, and a lot of action films do that. They'll just shoehorn something and that's what they're parodying okay uh right that was that was very good on plot i think i feel like i've got a lot to a lot to think about there you've mentioned you've been name dropping some pretty big names here so i want to talk about our casting characters because you're talking about samuel jackson yep talking about william shatner yeah who should have come before with uh, samuel jackson really uh emilio estevez Uh you know uh, uh, emilio estevez tim curry tim Tim curry Curry. Whoopi goldberg Uh, not, Kathy Island, if you remember, uh, if you're a big Baywatch fan, Bruce, Kathy Island's Bruce Willis. Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis got cameo in it. Which oh, yeah. is, there's cameos littered throughout this. I mean, actual cast with, with roles. You got Frank McRae, who again was big in 80s action films. He plays the police captain. You got Dennis Leary. You got F. Murray Abraham, who plays the Hannibal Lecter Love F. Murray kind, of, kind of figure. Oh, he's great in this. <laughs> it's a That's good role. black center. <laughs> but then you got cameos littered throughout the whole thing. You got Scotty from Star Trek. James Doohan is has got a cameo in there. You got Paul Gleason from Die Hard. Ooh. You got Ooh. enough, Eric, Dave. Give me a moment. Eric, <laughs> you got Eric, Eric Estrada and the other one from Chips, whose name escapes me. You got it, like say, um, and yet towards, throughout the entire film, you got these cameos littered. Bruce Willis, I think, probably has the best cameo of the whole film when. Uh, General Mortis sends helicopters to attack Emilio Estevez's trailer on the beach. And you just see these, these helicopters bearing in. It's like, Kathy Island says to Emilio Estevez, do you hear something? As these helicopters are thundering outside, it's like, nah. And you just see them <laughs> shooting up a trailer, the trailer explodes, and Bruce Willis crawls out of it with a surrender flag, dressed as John McClane, playing John McClane, essentially. Mm, nice. and, what are you doing? It's like, uh, is, this, is this not this number? It's like, no! That's further <laughs> down the beach! <laughs> oh, sorry. No problem! <laughs> no problem. So it's not just it's, ca- great- it's not cameo for cameo's sake. There is like it's no, they're written that, in one, well. that, one, that one. There is was, a reason. Dave is mentioning the best cameo in it. Probably one of the best cameos that is the in best cameo. cinema history. Yeah. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah, wow. It appears in this film. Yeah. Alex, it appears in this film. Yeah, but, uh, but, that was an overstatement. But it was good. Yeah. No. It, 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 that, that is good. But that is one out of I'm going to say about forty. Now those other forty cameos, right? are not done with the same treatment. They don't get the same treatment as Bruce Willis' on then. one. So, so give me a, give me a counterexample to Bruce Willis. It's, uh, right, it's, what he was mentioned about uh, Eric Estrada and the guy from Chips. Firstly, like that, uh, you're already dating it quite, oh, yeah, quite I don't a lot. Because you is. didn't know what Chips is. So it was big so, in the US though. Yeah, it was big in the, it's big in the US. It was about like a TV show, but they're about motorcycle cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traffic so cops, as they're going through a hallway, they're encountering all these other police officers and stuff like that. And the guys from Chips are like on the, the fourth floor, parked their motorbike. Bikes. They're just straddling their motorbikes, oh, engaged in a shootout, okay. yeah. and it's kind of like we, you know, um, 
it, it is the two guys from Chips, and he's like, oh, which floor is the Billy York informant on? Uh, I don't know, I'll get his attention. And he, like, fires a shot, like, millimetres away from his partner's head. <laughs> hey, what, what floor is the York informant on? And it's, it, it's quite and, funny. But, like, so, um, it, there's a scene right at the very beginning where um, Bobby Goldberg's character's been killed, and everyone's saying that it's a suicide, even though she's been shot, like, eight times in the chest. <laughs> and then Samuel L. Jackson, he's, like, standing over the body, and there's the, the coroner there, or... Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's you know they they turn round and you're supposed to know who it is and it's Dr. Joyce Brothers Dr. Joyce do you know who Dr. Joyce Brothers is? <laughs> well they were, obviously I know fucking Dave Wood because he knows <laughs> but like so for me and I'm going to say one, everybody one, here, she's been dead for nearly 10 years and she was big in America again you remember this is an American film mostly released in the US it's, she's a household name it's like I'm Dr. Guessing, Phil I'm guessing they would have known her if, if Dr. Phil walked in now would everyone in this room recognise Dr. Phil? Probably, yeah. 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 30 years ago, George <laughs> Brothers would have been Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that some of these, ca- these, these cameos do feel like they are just like sort of shoehorned in and the, the, it's like sort of like oh, some of them work well you know as, as Dave was saying about the Bruce Willis one some of them just uh, sort of feel like oh, and, oh we've got this guy now oh we've got Scotty are we going to get Scotty in to say like oh I'm giving I, all I that you can I do want to know about the Scotty what is the Scotty cameo <laughs> so, uh, this so, is a big this the, is the yeah, big the, moment for yeah, me yeah, yeah, for it's it. just this weird, weird bit where the captain's walking through the um, th- th- through the you know the detectives and they've got the police, a, a buffet the, table the police precinct yeah the police precinct yeah, they've basically got this, this huge buffet table that he's just helping himself to as he's going along and but then there's a coffee machine yeah. which he breaks and he says uh, the, 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 the police chief breaks the coffee machine and then he calls out the um, he's, he's, more, yeah. it needs more Scotty it needs more power or whatever. It needs more power um, and he says I can't do it and then he does his, his yeah. standard he's I can't like, oh, do it giving anymore. a horse he's got a captain you know and, it, and yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah. bit like oh you know it's not. Okay. It's, it just feels like very yeah. shoehorned in just basically James Doohan was walking on near the set and yeah. like yeah, in, get him in just follow yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> along those lines. Get him in. Get him to say his a famous line, and that's what happens. That's all of the cameos are essentially that. I think if okay. you're aware of who they are, what they're doing is playing their bit, and that's what's funny about it. Think yeah. scary movie when all of that is exactly the same. Okay. Some of it was like the, the James Doohan one. I'll admit, yeah, that that wasn't the funniest joke. But Phil Hartman, there's another guy who had a great cameo. Yeah, yeah. You know, Saturday Night Live uh, guy. He did a lot of voice on The Simpsons. He was Troy McClure and stuff like that. Uh, sadly, no longer with us. But he plays an officer who like starts laughing while Corey Feldman, who's playing a cameo and as another police officer, is getting told off by Samuel Jackson. It's like, oh, do you yeah. find something funny, officer? Davis, maybe Officer Davis like to tell us what he found so funny. Maybe Officer Davis can make us all laugh. And Phil Hartman like walks off to one side and does a bit of stand up from it. Tells a couple of jokes, and it's like if you know who Phil Hartman is, you know he's a stand up comedian. That's kind of funny. It brings a smile. To okay, your face. but like so the cameo just before that, the reason he's laughing, Corey Feldman, yeah. completely in, like in, ineffectual. Like what, what was he doing there? Essentially, he could have been played by anybody. There was no real reason for him to be played by Corey Feldman. No, he but was it's just, just nice. like shit. Let's get Corey Feldman. In, it's you know? nice to see him. You know, get him work. Okay, it? so like cameos, I feel like I let again. I've got a lot. So I just want to talk about the big comedic performances so for example samuel jackson and emilio estevez let's say the two main characters mm-hmm. want to maybe hear about shatner as the villain as well because you know i'd just like to hear about shatner but let's talk about those two main comedic performances because i'm guessing it hinges i mean is it right i mean does everyone agree it hinges on them too yeah uh, yeah. yeah in yeah. the same yeah. respect yeah. as lethal weapon hinges on yes. gibson and glover okay yeah. So, yeah so how does everyone feel about those <laughs> emilia uh, Est- Estevez. Em- Emilio. 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 That's she's is Emilia Estevez. Is she like a modern day <laughs> pop singer? I don't know. Is well, that uh, I don't know. But anyway, Emilio. He's. Uh, it felt like he didn't really want to be there. Oh, really? You <laughs> might as well have. You could have had anyone doing his job. He just seemed completely disinterested. He wasn't really very funny. Um, 
Definitely the weakest point comedically okay. were, were, were his scenes, I would say. Um, Anything quite Samuel L. Jackson's good in everything. I haven't really seen Samuel Jackson play just like straight up for laughs funny. He's normally uh, kind of like the more... Str- well, he's not straight up for laughs funny in this. It's, it's not. Like, so, um, so, sorry, Dave, I know you want no, 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 to jump in. But um, so for me, Samuel L. Jackson is probably one of the biggest disappointments about this film because he seems quite lost. Um, he doesn't really know how to play it. Uh, he's really he's super serious in one scene and then he's like completely clueless in the next and then he's in on the joke in the next scene and then the next scene he's getting spoofed. It's just there's no consistency at all. And uh, we spoke about, um, you know, our favourite spoof films before and we were talking about like, um, you know, Leslie Nielsen and we we're talking about um, c- consistent performances and I feel like when you watch a Leslie Nielsen film, you know, he's consistent throughout. You know, he's either completely clueless like in, you know, Spy Hard or something or he's serious like in Airplane but there's no sort of like deviation there. Whereas with, with Jackson, there's just a this lack of consistency. I think affects the tone of the film, um, because it, it, you can't like kind of you, you don't know what it is. You kind of um, one minute if he was just playing it, you know, yeah. not for laughs, super serious throughout the entire film, it, it would have been funnier. Definitely, yeah, it would like have been that's a weird scene when you go to meet his family. Actually, that seemed completely out of character. Yeah, when you go through it. So actually, up until the this scene where you he brings uh, Emilio Estevez back to his house to meet the family like here's my new partner and then suddenly it's like he's a bit of a like a, a cuckold type character yeah. you know his uh his wife's bringing back just this random uh like delivery man guy, just yeah, delivery yeah. because she wants a, a piece you know essentially she's cheating around he's completely oblivious to it yeah um well that's yeah it, that, that it just seems again. really odd whereas you know it, it, up until that point he seems like he's quite an astute detective you know okay. um it's just a bit apart from the microphone Apart from the microphone, <laughs> almost like, forget the microphone. So almost like we'll we'll come to the gags in a minute, but almost like the gags kind of ruin his character, and it just doesn't quite match. Well, it's, up. it's just like sometimes he's in on the joke, and sometimes he's completely not. You know, it's he's okay. like super serious. He doesn't find it funny at all. He's by the book. He's by the rules. And then the next bit, he's having a laugh. He's you know like kind of cracking jokes. He's cracking wise. He's you know yeah. slipping on banana peels. And the next minute, you know, once again, he's completely oblivious. It's just a lack of consistency. Okay. Dave, talk to me about the two main ones, and then someone's got to talk about Shatner. Okay. Point. Okay. It's well, e- it's some, there's some easy points here. Emilio Estevez, Ozzy says, you know, it looks like he doesn't want to be there. I put it to you, Emilio Estevez has nowhere else to be. Okay. He was- <laughs> Ouch. Somewhere Emilio Estevez is crying. Jesus Christ. Brutal shit, Dave. Seriously, though, no, he wasn't like rolling in work by this point. Uh, he's quite, he's more than happy to be there. And you know what? He embraces it. He's, he plays uh, the, basically the Mel Gibson character so he's a burned out cop and he plays I would say he plays it more straight laced than Samuel Jackson does you know he's uh, with a complete deadpan you know when um, the psychiatrist who, uh, who spars with Mel Gibson's character in Lethal Weapon her, the version of her comes out and is like you can't think about pairing these detectives up you know this one is a loose cannon he's a renegade he is gun happy and he pulls a gun out straight as anything points it in her face and says where do you get off saying that <laughs> <laughs> and he just plays it straight down the line all the way and he, he's enjoying himself and to be honest it's quite a good performance from it it's it's part mel gibson impression to be honest with you you can tell he, he watched mel gibson lethal weapon films and he's sending the guy out basically <laughs> and he's enjoying every moment of it i disagree that samuel jackson is inconsistent i think he's playing playing the danny glover role remember that who is a straight laced by the book police officer family man that's who he's playing but at the same time he's 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 allowed to quite quite rise uh 
track wise, excuse me, because it's a, it's a spoof film. You know, it's a comedy at the end of the day, and he's got to be able to get these jokes in. You can't have a comedy without when your main actors isn't cracking jokes. And to him, he's not really cracking jokes. He's saying something serious. You know, when the police captain says to him, you know, the, co- the cookies were laced with cocaine. Like, oh, no wonder I couldn't eat just one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to him, that's just what he's saying. He's not, he's not making a joke out of it. It's just, we're meant to find it funny. The characters aren't. It's that kind of film where... You're not supposed. You're not laughing along with them. If, you know, if you watch Friends, you're meant to be laughing along with them. They make jokes and they all laugh along. With this, the characters aren't meant to know they're funny. We laugh. They think it's a serious scenario. Okay. And Shatner. Oh, sorry. Just you wanted to hear about Shatner. You want to hear about Shatner. <laughs> and Curry. And I, I, I will happily talk about Tim Curry. Tim Curry hams this up, but in the greatest possible way. He plays like a, a hitman with this bizarre European accent. You know, you know Tim Curry. Tim Curry could do accents. He was good at accents, <laughs> but he could ham accents up as well. See Congo for case in point. Oh yeah. But in this one, recently, yeah, yeah it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just enjoying himself here. And he's delivering comedy with a plum. You know, he's putting his all into it. And Shatner's doing the same thing, playing it a little bit, a little bit more straight-laced. You know, imagine. I put it to as Wait, playing it straight. Like. Well, kinda. Put it. I'll, I'll put it in terms of Lethal Weapon. Curry is the Gary Busey character. Okay. And Shatner is the other villain. Um, which villain is more memorable? <laughs> I think I've just given That's you a true. clue. Yeah, yeah. You remember Gary Busey from Lethal <laughs> yeah. Weapon, even though he's not the big bad, as it were. The same is true with this one. Tim Curry stands out, and Shatner is he's not trying to scene still. He does have a good scene, though, where he uh, goes like toe to toe with a piranha. So that was probably, that was one of my favourite scenes. <laughs> the Dennis Leary scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's uh, and and he had probably has to wear two wigs that day. <laughs> 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 one dry, one slightly wet. Uh, <laughs> l- l- loss of points for <laughs> the prosecution. <laughs> right. <laughs> can, can I please just say about yes. Shatner? Like, for firstly, Estevez, right? Estevez, I think he's more consistent a character than Jackson, uh, but um, he's trying to play it like a little bit like Dirty Harry, like sort of like unfazed and unemotive. And because of that, it comes across as bad acting. Um, so that, that's just, that's just my opinion on, on okay. Estevez. So I don't think he's he's a, he's a bad actor. I just think that when, the way he's trying to play that character, he's like trying to play like sort of monotonous, sort of like really cool. But it just comes across as like he can't deliver his lines properly. And William Shatner for me is many many things. Uh, I'm not going to go into them. Um, <laughs> but an intimidating villain he is not. Dave's already kind of covered the fact that he's sort of he, he's, he's sort of second fiddle. Yeah. But there is nothing really substantial to his character. Um, I know it's a spoof but he, his big villain is, is quite sort of generic um, and Shatner doesn't really know how to play it and I think that this type of character nonsense I, <laughs> like, I think with this type of character you need to go big or you need to go home like like Frank Langella in um, Masters of the Universe sort of thing you need to sort of just grab it and just give it your all or Frank Langella in Cutthroat Island or just Frank Langella in life in anything but Shatner just doesn't do that. It, it's, it, it seems like quite restrictive. Like, I don't know, like he was embarrassed or... Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think he was <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> Shatner has done far worse. Yeah, yeah I, don't, so I don't know what it is, but because of it, the, the, the film suffers for it. Okay, uh, Gav and Ozzy, can you say anything bad about Tim Curry? Tim Curry is a delight in everything. Okay, great. <laughs> Ozzy, <laughs> I second that. But the thing is, is that as you were saying before, you can throw Tim Curry in it and uh, Wolfie Goldberg and all these great cameos, but the majority of the film hinges on Jackson and Estevez and to an extent Shatner as well. And because Jackson and Estevez, well, I, Samuel Jackson isn't really a comedic actor and because he doesn't do a consistent performance throughout and because Estevez's seems quite like restricted, 
it, you know, it doesn't matter if you had a million Tim Currys in it, you know, it wouldn't make it a better film. <laughs> marginally would, better. Marginally would better. a million Tim Currys make a better film? <laughs> 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 put that, put that answer, answers on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Put it on Twitter. Okay, oh, Ozzy, did you want to... Uh, well, I was just going to say is that part of the issue with that thing as well is that it's trying to spoof a film which I think people already consider to be a bit of a parody of itself anyway, sure, you know. okay. The, the, the buddy cop thing of Lethal Weapon, we talked about that on the podcast already. You know, it, it's already kind of just funny, you know, it's a drinking game, essentially. Sure. So, um, yeah, we did do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so it's a little bit um, difficult for it to be funny as a spoof of just Lethal Weapons. So. Okay, I've just got a, I've got a last couple of questions, doesn't need to be, but, like, one thing is, so this is a, a comedy... I just want to know, like, is it funny? And also, because this is National Lampoon's, remember when we did the Christmas Vacation? Mm-hmm. I didn't like that film. You know, I know I prosecuted it, but I really didn't like it. It didn't feel like it had a good sense of humour about it. You know, it didn't feel like it had a good heart to it. So are the laughs... My two questions basically are, one, is this funny? Or, you know, throughout it. And second, is it still funny today? Like, is it a bit dated? Are there any moments? Because, I mean, remember Trading I th- Places? I think it's massively dated. <laughs> you know? we, we will never forget. Exactly. So, so there are many, many jokes in it which are dated, definitely. It, yeah. it feels like um, American, I suppose, like college humour. Exactly what National Lampoon was, you know. It's, it was like a college newspaper, wasn't it? But, but any ones that it, just make you go, no, not okay, uh, these days. I, I, I don't, there's a few, I, there's a few you know I mean? sexist it, but, bits, but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Actually, it was, mm. it was arguably that I think there are less like over the line jokes in this than I can remember being in Airplane. Okay, Cause, I think because I mean, joking aside, genuinely, I love Trading Places, and when mm. I watched it again for the podcast, as soon as Dan Aykroyd walks in yeah. dressed like that, you, you just you just like, wow, no, that's way, way over the line now. Is there is there a moment, Gav? Is there a moment like that in this in this film? Uh, I don't think there was like one that stands out for me. But for for me, it was just as I was saying earlier. There's just a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of content to digest. And if it's not funny the first time, it's not going to be funny. You know, the sixth or seventh time. There's a lot of repetitive jokes. There's one that um, you know. There's this one joke that gets stretched out, paper thin quality. Is that? Um, Estevez's character is a burnt out cop and he keeps on going on about his partner Then you think that it's a, a former lover or you think it's a former partner as in like a, a partner in the police force but it turns out that it's his dog right and initially when we find that out that's that's really funny you know what I mean when he's like crying over this photo and he's saying about all these intimate details and then you actually see the picture and it's like oh it's a dog that's funny but that joke is just worn down like throughout the film like He's constantly brought up he's in conversations with the police captain, with Samuel L. Jackson, with Kathy Island, with, you know, it's constantly brought up and it's like, okay, right, we get it now. You know, it was a dog. Like, let's leave, you know, I'm not going to laugh for the fourth time at, you know, like, oh yeah. And then she'd come in and she'd sniff my balls, you know, it's like, oh yeah, okay. I, I, I get it. It was funny the first time. And, but... and it's done in a, in a way that the other characters don't know it's a dog. Yeah. Okay. You know, so it, that's the humor of it. And yeah, it, it does get a bit tired. Right, it's not. Not a terrible bit. I'm going to bring this over to the defence. Dave, is this funny all the way through? Yeah, I would say it is. I'd say when I first watched this, I must have been 13, 14, and it was hilarious. It would be hilarious. It would be hilarious at 13, 14. It makes sense. And I watched it again ahead of this podcast, and it is still funny. There are still plenty of jokes in there that do make me smile, do make me laugh. It's not as funny as I remembered it, 
but that stands to reason, you know, I'm a lot more bitter now. But I watched, <laughs> I wa- I watched it with, with Kat, my girlfriend, who, who hadn't seen this before, and she was smiling and chuckling along as well. You know, it is still funny whether you're revisiting it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe out of politeness. But it is still funny whether you're revisiting it or whether you've seen it for the first time at, at our age. It is still funny, and it is still good. Yeah, some of the jokes are tired. Some of them fall flat a little bit. I wouldn't say there's anything dated, and certainly nothing anything dated in a particularly bad way. Uh, I think it, it, it was pretty lucky in that respect that not, they didn't include anything... That could be a, it could have and come any, out to any bite humor it. humor that might have been uh, along that line actually was done completely differently. So when they do the um, fatal attraction scene, and basic instinct, yeah, basic mm. basic instinct, yeah. yeah. So that comes out and it, it's a gratuitous beaver shot, yeah. and actually she turns into a beaver. <laughs> what <Wow. laughs> a smoking beaver! Yeah. Yeah. So the whole time you're waiting for it to open her legs, and then the camera pans back and it's a gratuitous beaver shot, and it's the beaver, and it's like, oh, that's funny, and then it pans to the men in the crowd like kind of gasping and panting and then it pans back to the beaver and then again and again and it's like oh okay you're yeah. tired I, I, it, does, it doesn't go by but you see it the beaver back once. and forth for, for, a couple yeah, of times but it's and the beaver appears at the end okay. but like, for, 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 like for me like, um, it, it's not that the jokes are dated in, as in like there's something that's uh, like considered sexist or racist in it. it's that like some of them are dated as in what they are spoofing because they're talking about things that were current right. in the 80s and the 90s and that's like you know some of the references they're making to lethal weapons sounds to lambs basically instincts if you haven't seen any of those films by the way then you won't get the joke at all you know like like that, that. Oh, yeah, it was wasted on me yeah <laughs> she cracked in a few more hocus pocus <laughs> references but like so, so the, the santa and the lambs scene like, arguably isn't like that funny you know there's a couple of funny lines in it the quid pro quo one but apart from that there, there isn't really anything funny unless you've seen Sounds of the Lambs so if you haven't then you know it's, it's, it's not funny yeah but they've not gone for niche films Sounds of the Lambs and Basic Instinct were massive hits you know most people have seen those films certainly at that point there were fewer films back then but you know it'd be a bit weird you know the film was made in the mid 90s it'd be strange if they were parodying Avatar for today's audience you know that we'd be Great we'd be accusing them of witchcraft the- <laughs> 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 there would be witchcraft yeah. about it. and I do think that the Sounds of the Lambs film is like you say quid pro quo what does that mean? Part of the the issue for me, though, is I felt it was they were playing a scene for a scene's sake, not necessarily to push uh, uh, an agenda or, you know, didn't feel like it didn't feel like we were talking earlier about it being satire or whatever. It wasn't. It was just replay a film but it's slightly funnier yeah okay. like, like right at the very end it's just sort of like oh, oh with the, the queen scene yeah let's oh, just shoehorn yeah. in uh, Wayne's World yeah, 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 skit yeah. here and it was like oh you know it didn't really need to be done it was just sort of like what can we do here oh let's do a parody of this it, film it, let's do a parody it of this it came like a sketch show right okay yeah. okay I, I think is, if it's, I, I'm pretty happy with that if there's anything anyone else wants to add lovely stuff no no I'm glad you put it on the show list <laughs> did i <laughs> well play does he uh is there anyone got a quiz to help me deliver yeah i do have a quiz kill a little time while you think this one over um and this quiz let me see if you can guess who this is about this quiz is called the olivier of spoofs mm-hmm. <laughs> I, th- I think i could have a guess yeah obviously carrie Elwes. it's not carrie Elwes. <laughs> uh, leslie nielsen it is a quiz all about leslie nielsen probably the, uh, the lovely the best spoof comedy actor of all time. also a little, little bit this isn't a question but you know who gave him the nickname Olivier of Spoofs? Himself? No. Lloyd Bridges. He was, he was not Olivier. that vain. Who did you say? Lloyd Bridges. It wasn't Lloyd Bridges. It was Roger Ebert. Was it? Hey. We've gone a whole episode without mentioning <laughs> him. There he is. <laughs> right. Uh, question number one. Actually, you know, I tell you what. 
Wait there, one second. Can we just jump back to the trial? Do you want to know why Roger Ebert was not mentioned at all in this? (laughs) (laughs) Why? why? Because Roger Ebert refused to give it a star. It's that bad. (laughs) (laughs) This changes everything. (laughs) So it's a hit now, yeah? (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. that guy, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I'm joking. I don't know. I didn't check. (laughs) We'll we'll Google it later. (laughs) Find out what Roger Ebert thought. <laughs> okay, so uh, shall I just start to my right? I've not really thought much about the question placement. So I just start with Alex and work my way around. Yeah. Okay, work it, baby. Alex, mm. hello. In airplane, Leslie Nielsen's co-star Lloyd Bridges plays airport controller McCroskey. Name two of the four things he picked the wrong week to quit: uh, smoking yep. and sniffing glue. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> two were drinking and amphetamines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gav, in the movie Spy Hard. Which music legend appears as a bus driver? Ray Charles. It is Ray Charles. <laughs> you know, I want to go. Steve, you're up. Uh, no. I've not performed well on this podcast. This, yeah, this is, this is a tricky question as well. In 2009, Nielsen appeared in Spanish Movie, a parody film concerning breakthrough Spanish movies. I kid, kid you not, that what? was made. Wow. Oh, that God. was made. Was that a low point Shit. in his career? Yeah, it was up there. Scraping it was up the there. Which of the following Spanish horror movies was not... Oh, parodied is it The Orphanage <laughs> Pan's Christ. Labyrinth Julia's Eyes or Wreck Wreck it was Julia's Eyes the rest uh, were all parodied Jesus Christy come on oh, I'm, so, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry Steve it was a hard yeah, yeah. question Embarrassing we can have words later <laughs> Aussie which character does Nielsen play in 2009's Stan Helsing is it Stan Helsing <laughs> Abraham Van Helsing Freddy Krueger or Kay the waitress. I'm going to suggest it's Stan himself. <laughs> it's not. Oh. It's, Gav? Abraham? No. Oh, Freddy Krueger? No. It's obviously the waitress. It's waitress. Kay the waitress. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yep, okay. yep. Can I have that point? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, let's give that point to Steve. There it does make go. more sense, actually. It's probably more comedic value <laughs> yeah. to have. Yeah. As a, I'll tell you what, he should have done more roles in drag. He really should. Alex? Yes? Which American parody singer-songwriter has cameoed in all three Naked Gun movies? Weird Al Yankovic. It is Weird Al Yankovic. Well done. Not even a pause. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Gav, I'm really pleased this question's landed with you. Shit. Moving into horror comedy, Nielsen appeared in George A. Romero's Creep Show. (laughs) In the segment, Something to Tide You Over. Which soon-to-be A-list actor appears uncredited as the man on TV? Is oh, it? Wow, well, look how agitated. Is Honestly, it? so agitated. He's so right now. I know he loves creep shit. <laughs> Is it Bruce Willis, Richard Gere, or Mel Gibson? Fucking hell, I don't know. Um, I genuinely don't. I thought, I thought you were going to say he was the other actor that I know co starred in with Ted Danson. Um, <laughs> too easy, Cap. Uh, too easy. Bruce Willis? Oh, it was Richard Gere. Oh, Sorry, oh. God, bands. <laughs> <laughs> Stay. Oh. Leslie Nielsen's President Harris debuted in which of the scary movie films? Uh, the third. Correct. Wow. That's the one with Charlie Sheen in it, isn't uh, it? I think so, yeah. yeah maybe the, the science, science parody. parody. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is that one. Austin, Nilsson appeared in 2002's romantic comedy Men With Brooms, mm-hmm. which centres on which sport? Um, is it the one with the Brooms. big stones? <laughs> big stones? Oh, yeah, What's yeah. it got? Curling? Yeah, yeah, it is curling. Well done, Austin. Well done. Alex. Hello. In which disaster movie did Nielsen co-star as an ill-fated ship captain? Oh, have you got this? Gav, oh, Gav looks it. like he's I've, got it. I've got it, mate. Go on in, Gav. Poseidon Adventure? It is Poseidon Adventure. Damn. Oh. Gav's good at this one. 
Gav, I'm pleased you got this question as well, actually. 1998's <laughs> Wrongfully Accused <laughs> primarily spoofed The Fugitive and which other 90s crime mystery? Oh, Jesus Christ, Dave. The two main spoofs. Is it? <laughs> is it, is um, it the one with... One was obviously The Fugitive. What was the other one that they spoofed heavily? Is it the one with Kaiser Sozian? Yeah, I'm going to give Austin the point for oh, that. Well, it is done. The Usual Suspects. Usual suspect. I don't even remember oh. that film, Wrongfully Accused. I don't know. Okay, this this is the question I said to Gav. When you remember when I was writing this and I said, oh, I can't wait to see who gets this question. This is, <laughs> this is incredibly hard. If anyone knows this, I'll Steve, be impressed. you're up. <laughs> Nielsen played Mr. Willoughby's butler in 1995 Christmas TV special, Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree, featuring Kermit the Frog and other Muppets. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Which A-lister played Mr. Willoughby? Jesus Christ, Dave. That is the yep. most... That is a that ridiculous... Is the most insane <laughs> I, said, hard I said if anyone gets that... From what multiple yeah. choice? Um, I, I suppose I could do... What was the year? What was, what was the year? 1995. Okay. Oh, just Google, Google it. Google that. Just Google it. Sort of time. 1995. Robin yeah. Williams? Or I can, give you, I can give you multiple choice. Oh, okay. Val Kilmer. Okay. Let's, let's say... Val Kilmer. He said a Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought he said Robin Williams and it's and wrong. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, was it Robert Downey Jr.? It was Robert Downey Jr. Was he an A-lister even in 95? He's yeah. an A-lister now. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, don't, don't think about it too hard, does he? <laughs> <laughs> and Austin, final question for you. Cultural and sci-fi icon Robbie the Robot appeared in which early Leslie Nielsen sci-fi classic? Oh, I know this. Don't know, sorry. Lost in Space? It's not lost in space. Oh, yeah. Forbidden planet. Yeah. It's forbidden planet. Oh, well done. Just for the number of steals, I'm going to give it the go. Oh, yeah. you know he, he wants it. That was not an easy quiz. You've all done very well. Thanks. Brucey, you were, you were in the lead there. Oh, right I know, ahead, right at the end. I, I had pulled it. your pants right down. <laughs> I mean, all right. We've done, we've done so well this episode. Let's yeah. not bring, just not bring the pants past judgment. Yeah. Right. Um, Okay, it, this was been, I know we always say this, but just genuinely has been quite a tricky one to do. Uh, you know, talking about plot before, I've got to say, I think Dave won that point for me a little bit because, you know, you were talking about plot points don't really work, but if I'm honest, it's a spoof, so I'm going to give it quite a lot of leeway on that and say, well, parodies, If yeah, if loads of parodies get in the way rather than plot points, I'd rather they did the parodies than, you know, tried to make some sort of plot sense out of it. I'm not really watching a spoof for plot. Uh, I think you did kind of convince me that some of the cast was pretty bad. It does sound like I didn't. I did. Does sound like Emilio Estevez wasn't really very strong in it, and maybe Jackson was a little bit lost. But also, I don't think I'm expecting him to be up to the Leslie Nielsen standard either. Like I'm no, I don't know. I don't think this is one of the best spoof movies. And it does sound like you know a lot of the gags. Maybe there were too many gags, and it did maybe go on a little bit too long. But you know, I was looking around as everyone was saying some of the gags and a lot of smiles were coming out. <laughs> Dave was saying some lines that making me laugh. It sounded like some pretty funny stuff going on in this film. So oh, it's got great. He's got great, great time. He does. He show, does. Right? So I'm going to say. I don't know what's in the film. I, I'm, I'm going to say la, nice last touch. <laughs> 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 so right you can see where me. this one's going, can't you? Uh, even though this, I don't think this is the best. A spoof movie ever I'm going to say it does deserve to be on the hit list of spoof movies so I'm going to put it on the hit list well done Dave well done thank you yeah I know one well against done, two well done <laughs> okay so oh, thanks Dave <laughs> <laughs> after that impression I'm glad I was quiet so um, genuine opinions then uh, Dave did you love it as much as I did um, 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, it's, it's good. It's it's an enjoyable watch. It's nowhere near as good as I remembered it. It's nowhere near as funny. But I still did enjoy it. You know, I've still got the DVD. I probably will watch it again at some point in the future. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just, it's an enjoyable spoof film. It's nowhere near as good as spoof films that went before it. Like Naked nowhere, Gun. Nowhere near as good as Naked Gun. It's nowhere near as good as Police Squad. It's nowhere near as good as Airplane. But you know what? It does okay. It holds its own. And it it's fine. It's enjoyable. And by the way, Roger Ebert gave it... Four out of four stars. Bullshit, I've just wow. been ripping no, that, off sorry, this that's, that's Lethal Weapon. That's Lethal Weapon. <laughs> oh, he gave Loaded Weapon one. Oh, oh. Ow. Mm. Ow. <laughs> on, what about you two? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this film, to be oh, honest. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. good. Well, I've yeah, got yeah. it on DVD. I thought you did, <laughs> to but, be honest, yeah. But I was going to say, I've got it on DVD, but then again, I've got a lot of shit on DVD as well, <laughs> yeah. so that's not... Got bone alone. Yeah. Ghost Shark is to my left. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best film about... Sh- Go, go sharks. Dead sharks. <laughs> yeah. Shark ghosts. Yeah, we're going to watch. Um, yeah, no, I really like it. Uh, you know, some of the uh, humour is dated. You know, they're, they're doing lines from like a, um, a a Visa commercial from like the 90s. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And yeah, yeah. You know, as Dave was saying before, Joyce Brothers, you know, like that's played for like big laughs. And if you don't know who Joyce Brothers is, that's like a minute of, of wasted time, <laughs> right, okay. essentially. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff to that is still really funny to this day. And, uh, you know, it's really enjoyable. And it makes me nostalgic for watching it when I was a kid as well was he i think i wasted seven pound 99 buying that off amazon <laughs> did you buy it yeah. <laughs> i did thought you, not, you didn't well, like it i was under the impression that it was going to be well worth a purchase rather than just renting it so i, I you know i stumped up the cash and um, i regret it to be honest with you it was there were, there were some bits which were funny and uh some like absolute minor points which last maybe five seconds you know background gags which i thought were quite funny there's a lot going on in this film um like so so much you can you have to pay attention for it to be funny. Um, okay, it, it it's uh yeah, it, it's not laugh a minute like I thought it would be. Um, but there was some good bits, but I don't, know, I don't think it was for me. Okay, and I really like that sort of stuff. So, really so I'm, looking, I'm quite looking forward to watching this one. Then see 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 what happens. Well, a quick bit of trivia for you. You'll like this um, before you watch it. The exterior of General Mortars' hideout is the same as the one used for Paddy's pub in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Um, and, and it's funny as well when you remember that they did their own lethal weapon parodies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, What's better, the It's Always Sunny lethal weapon parodies or Loaded Weapon? Um, both have their charm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one's aged better. <laughs> so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, Fifty Shades of Grey, Ooh. which on Rotten Tomatoes scored 24% critical and 41% audience. Got to be higher. Higher? Yeah, um, it's got to be higher. got Samuel Jackson in it. It's yeah, be I'd like to think most people will be on board with this, yeah. I was thinking you look apprehensive. No, I mean, I think I enjoyed it more than Fifty Shades of Grey. Fucking hell. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Come on. Wow. I mean, I know you it's must not really worth, hate this film. It's not worth seven ninety nine, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you. I'm going to say no, I'm lower. I'm saying lower. I will tell you now that Aussie's nearly right, to oh, be wow. honest. It, mm-hmm. it scored much lower on, on critical, 18% oh, really? out of 100. And on audience, it just surpassed 50 shades, 49 out of 100. Uh, so once again, I put this, uh, I put out a poll up on Twitter and asked our friends and followers which list loaded weapons should be placed on. 59% of them said it should be on the shit list. Oh, shit. So, Alex, you'll have to definitely see if you made the right call. I don't know. More divisive than I was expecting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I am. So before we adjourn the case, I think it's time for a little caption contest. So what we do is we take a screenshot of the film and we place it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. 
So the caption this week is Tim Curry disguised as a wilderness girl scout, uh, peering through a peephole, beard and all. And you guys just got to pick the funniest one, starting with number one. Um, you want to buy some fucking cookies? <laughs> <laughs> That's just a quote That's, from the film. Though. Is that Joel? <laughs> the Joel Center. Uh, here's Johnny. Um, you want some cookies? Leave us a five star review, and they're all yours. I promise. <laughs> Uh, Kevin McAllister's acid trip in Home Alone 2 was ultimately <laughs> 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 left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> um, okay, um, I'm going to submit your caption to the below image. The best one gets a chocolatey prize. Get it? That's you. Films on trial. <laughs> uh, somebody's just quoted Wilderness Girls. <laughs> um, and Bruce, you like this one. If I sell enough cookies, I'll get to go to. And then there's that scene from Tim Curry in that game that he did for the PS. Space! 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 What, the, the Command and Conquer one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Um, oh, there's just loads of quotes here. Like, two bleeders two, two says we're not meeting our quota. <laughs> um, I'm not having a good time. Even smiling makes my face ache. Um, I got more action cross-dressing on the Rocky Horror shoot. Oh, that wasn't a good one to end on. <laughs> uh, Kevin McCallum. Yeah, 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 got to be. Congratulations to our good friends, the Contrarians. You've just won yourselves a Flippity Freddo. Uh, what a coincidence actually because before we call it a day I wanted to give a shout out to one of our friends and fellow podcasters and I was going to talk about our good friends the Contrarians uh, now this is Alex and Julio and they basically just review a lot of different films down by the say- schoolyard down by the schoolyard nice so they they review a lot of different films um, I, I would say some of them are good uh, yeah, I think they did um, Aladdin recently so yeah definitely but they also review a hell of a lot of shit um, they did Wild Hogs recently which uh, <laughs> why <laughs> uh, because why not why not uh, they also did really good um, tr- um, review of Crossroads as well so I definitely check that the one out Britney Spears one. The, yeah the Britney Spears one that's on our hit list um, <laughs> so I definitely check it out really funny show they both have great chemistry really interesting uh, insights as well so check them out on any podcasting pl- platform specifically the Apple uh, one and also check them out on Twitter they're really engaging at Contrarian Prime so next week's film has been pulled out of the hat and well it hasn't been pulled out of the hat of mine too we actually picked it and it is It Chapter 2 uh, yeah so uh, we have pulled the roles out of the hat at random and in the role of defense and trying to get it placed on the hit list will be myself and Alex yes. and in the role of def- uh, prosecution trying to get it placed on the shit list is going to be Austin and Dave which means that Joel is going to be the judge okay. and hopefully Steve might join us to do yet another hideous impression um, <laughs> well if we make it a, a set piece every, every week then yeah we, okay we all flirt <laughs> so <laughs> wait that was an impression Gav <laughs> so uh, just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening to the show please remember to like share and subscribe tell your friends tell your family and just in the words of William Shatner just spread the world love that is <laughs> trial as many as possible <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Film Charles and check us out on any other uh, podcast. Uh, podca- what am I trying to say? Any social media platform and check out our fantastic graphic artist as well. He's been doing some tremendous work at Winston Sank at the underscore Quirks. So that is it. Loaded weapon has fired on it's what am I trying to say here it's on the it's on the, <laughs> it's on the I, I was going to say it, it list. Oh. did make it to the I couldn't even remember it's just happened like two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's in the right place it's it's right, okay it's on the hit list and we will be in your ears next week with a very spooky itch chapter two good <laughs> 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 never realised how much Shatner and Bobcat Goldberg sound like <laughs> <laughs> can we